Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Schmack a gob. It's the doctor of all that fucks with. Yeah, it's a plastic cup of vodka. I'm the Ayatollah Alcoholic in Wadley. Hi, Ian. Hello. Hope it doesn't hurt too much tomorrow morning when you have to go to work. Yeah, it might, but it, it's not going to hurt any worse than this fucking case of food poison I just got over, so I'll be alright. Ooh. I told you to stop sucking infested cocks. Oh, that's what you said. It was, yes, cocks. Oh, I thought you said stop wearing socks. Uh, well, yeah, I said that too. <laughs> oh, well, that I did. Yeah, I said that like you know, years yeah. ago. I'm glad yeah. you, you kept up with it. Yeah, the other, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So what's going on? Uh, not much. I, I wish I had some iTunes uh, reviews to read, but I don't because motherfuckers are a little tardy. Need some new iTunes reviews. I enjoy those. But uh, you know, enough about the iTunes. Uh, this could probably be the last episode we record or release before the Rock and Pod Expo 3. And uh, man, I'm very excited about this. This this is going to be something else. And uh, we've got some pretty cool uh, shit lined up. I mean, not only, you know, are we going to the event and we are going to meet so many people. Just found out Charlie Hill and his missus are, are going to come see yes, us. How awesome yes, was that? Yes, yeah. that was a big surprise I saw. Him. Oh, yeah. Brian Davis and Bushy. Yeah, and Brian Davis the, too, man. And the VIP Scott, Scott Stein. Scott Stein, man. Oh, man. And I, I know there's a couple others I'm forgetting because I'm drunk, but uh, oh, uh, Tim Bream. Tim Bream's going to oh, be Tim there. Tim Bream, that's right. TikTok oh. man. TikTok man, holy shit. Yeah, TikTok man's going to be there. Ugh. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Like, hanging out with all, you know, our people, man. The most important people are people, <laughs> you know. But... You know, all the fucking shit that's going on, all the fucking concerts and the fucking rock stars and shit. And, and uh, oh, my God, we're, we're going to be interviewing Dave Ellison and Toby Wright and Erie Vaughn and uh, a host of others. Maybe Michael Sweet, but uh, might not be doing that. I know you're like, oh, you don't want to no, review no, Michael well, Sweet well, with me. I, I just said it. I said it before. I go, look, you know, if we get Michael Sweet. I ain't joining into that kind of interview. I just don't want to. You know? I'll be nice. I'll well, be go, nice. Go ahead. Be nice. I'll be over there somewhere. Look at that vinyl. <laughs> but uh, no, man, it, it's going to be fucking awesome. And so excited to, to go to it again and to see everybody. And man, if there's anybody like on the fence, like, oh, I don't man, go to this shit. Go to this shit. It's going to be fucking amazing. We're going to be partying all fucking weekend. You know the party's going to be at our room. <laughs> yeah. You know that shit. And hopefully, you know, somebody brings some fucking drugs. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Help us out. Yeah, the hard drugs. Yeah, yeah, because I'm too cute to go to prison. I ain't shoving nothing up my ass. That's right. None of that you pussy-ass know? blow or weed. I mean, bring the hot 
you know, stuff that we need medical tools in order yeah. to use it, if you know what I yeah. mean. Wink, yeah, wink. Some, <laughs> some bath sauce. Let's eat some fucking faces, yeah, goddammit. Right. Hey, that sounds cool. But, you know, you know I'm talking about... I, like, I, you know. Out of all the things I've done to go to jail, let me go to jail for eating off Michael Sweet's face because I'm high on bath salts that Bushy shoved up his ass to make it, you know, <laughs> to the expo. See, that's, that's why I don't want to be part of it, man. Ah, pussy. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am what I eat. Where can I Oh, but yeah, I uh, can't wait. And I want to thank everybody who's donated uh, for the expo so far. And a big thank you to everybody who turned out to Wadzilla World this last weekend. Wow. You want to talk about getting your mind blown. It was... <laughs> In my years of DJing, it was the worst attendance I've ever had for a show. And it was the most money I've ever raised. Nice. Yeah, so, man, it's 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 not how many you know, it's who you know. Hey, I would also like to say that, you know, I didn't raise no money on the Dr. Fuck show because my boss might fire me if I do that. Yeah, yeah, and, and he'd want 50%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember there was an issue before on that, on where I do my radio show. Well, uh, oh, on a side note to that, because uh, this reminds me when we talk about that other station. I love you, Scott Green, but uh, when we talk about that other station, uh, I had a message today about uh, when's there going to be some goddamn... Uh, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast merch. Yeah, somebody and, asked me that today too. And, if I was going to bring merch, and that is coming soon. Uh, I am I am working on that behind the scenes, and this will be some quality shit. Uh, it's 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 going to be a decent setup where Ralph and I don't lose any money. Uh, we don't make a lot of money, but we don't lose any money. But what you guys get are gonna it's going to be quality shit. Uh, so that will be coming soon. I would probably say within a month or so, there's going to be some Rock and Metal Combat merch available. Uh, and it's going to be the real deal, and it's going to be made to order. It's going to be awesome. So, yes, that is something coming soon for all of those of you who would like to go to shows and, uh, you know, sport, you know, like, like, stop going to an Iron Maiden show and wear an Iron Maiden shirt. Wear a Rock and Metal Combat podcast shirt how fucking awesome would that no, be? that would be that, awesome but also i would also say uh you know skip the shirt for judas priest though come on yeah that'll be a special shirt that says skip the shirt for judas priest uh be 29.95 that's right <laughs> hey hey Ian, have you uh, do you know what schmackamagab means uh no but i don't speak yiddish what you, does it so mean you never heard schmackamagab the term schmackamagab no no, I just wanted to bring that up because that proves Ian does not watch me on uh, YouTube for over two months now. Thank you. What's it mean? Hey, we have any news? <laughs> yes. Rob Halford says Glenn Tempted is still fully immersed in Judas Priest. And, uh, you know, says that, you know, behind the scenes, he's still writing riffs and doing all this shit. And, uh, man, I, I, I hope that's true. And, uh, I, I feel it's totally possible, though, uh, you know, that somebody can, you know, still write riffs and come up with ideas even though he can't play. I mean, look at what Jason Becker does. Well, that's, you know, I mean, compared to Jason Becker, he might as well be playing. It'd be super simple to explain what to play. Fucking Marcus Welby. 
but I, I hope I remember is. that show. That was from the seventies, right? Yes, it was. Who was Marcus Welby? Uh, yeah, right. And it was a popular actor. I can't remember either. Marcus yeah. Welby was somebody famous. Robert. Uh, no, he was famous, famous. Yeah, no, but uh, no, that was his name, Robert something. What else did he do? I'm gonna Google the motherfucker. I know, I know. You gotta make like I can spell Marcus Welby. All right, but keep going as I as I look for who. What's his name? Okay, okay. You look for Marcus Welby. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, man. I I I hope he still does this. And uh, you know, Ralphie, you know, you know, we were very lucky. We saw what might be the last live performance of Lynn Tipton. And uh, oh, I knew it. Yeah, you know, I mean. What I heard that night, and it, uh, you right. know, from inside information, really got confirmed like months later. Um, right. It yeah. was his last time on stage, and then, you know, months later they said it. But that's what you know. Before the show started, going, uh, I know somebody in the inside said, "Dude, Glenn Tipton's gonna come out tonight, and it'll be the last time you'll see him on stage." I was like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and, and and you know who told Ralph that was KK Downing, and they had a voodoo doll of Glenn Tipton. <laughs> True story. I miss him, man. <laughs> God. There's a lot of people that don't want him back because he's mouthy. I want him back because he rips, man. He oh, fucking fuck yeah. rips. I, I, I want KK back, man. Just, KK, shut your mouth and you can come back. No, no, it's that I, Yeah, I know. It's like, but, but it's too late, you know? And yeah. you know what I find very ironic about the whole thing? Is that if you read his book, he doesn't bash nobody but Glenn Tipton. You know, look, right. I love Glenn Tipton. Don't get me wrong. I love Glenn Tipton. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but it just so happened that myself and on a separate occasion back in 1986, Ruben, we both met. I love that guy. Yeah, we both uh, met, you know, Glenn Tipton very far apart, and it wasn't a very pleasant experience. I, I You know, I mean, he wasn't an out-and-out douche, but yeah, he looked like, oh, I was bothering him. And I'm backstage with the whole band, and KK couldn't have been nicer. And the same for Ian Hill and Scott Travers. And Ripper was is always cool. You know what I mean? So, but but I feel bad. I don't give a fuck if he is a prick like that, 24/7 every fucking day. That's fine with me as long you know. I wish he could still play because I love Glenn Tipton. You know. And I I remember that because uh, right after Ruben met him, Ruben called me and said, he goes, you know what? I hope a game show host becomes president and I hope Glenn Tipton gets MS. And I was like, Ruben. You know what? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. That's a terrible thing to say. I forgot to bring that up (laughs) earlier. He told me that too. Good thing he don't listen. You know, a guy gets (laughs) mentioned just about every fucking episode has never heard one podcast. Yeah, and that much. goes for every single one of my friends down here in South Florida, with the exception of Nestor, who you met. But but he moved yeah, to Texas. Nestor. He moved to Texas, right. so he's not even here anymore. Right. So that but, means uh, nobody listens to us down here, <laughs> South Florida. Zero. You check your little you know little map thing there on on Podbean, and it'll oh, tell no, you zero no. for Miami Beach. No one, me. No, trust me, it's the same in New Orleans. It's very low, very low. But you know what? Uh, I was I was excited to see the other day. Uh, Kirk Weinstein from Crowbar and Down uh, commented on a, on a classic or crap. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Kirk uh, commented. Oh, I, I, I gotta know, because most I, of those classic are crap, are crap. Which one did you I, like? I put up uh, Kicks. <laughs> uh, I forget what Kicks song it was, but he called it classic, and I was surprised. I was like, wow. You just Kirk say liked- Kicks, and I already know. Oh, yeah, it's a crap. No, he said classic. No, no, me. <laughs> right, right, right. I was hey, just curious hey, what crappy song, because I was like, yeah, there's some classic, but mostly crap. I bet he's, I bet it's one of those crap ones he voted Hey, up. we're, we're going to be talking to Brian Forsythe from Kicks at the Expo. All right, we'll tell him, you know, we'll goof on how this guy actually likes his stupid band. <laughs> See, that interview I'll join you for. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're all scared about me fucking talking to Michael Sweet. Yeah, we're man. We're, we're I'm talking weird. To a guy from, I'm, I'm from, fucking weird. because You know, look, let me explain why. It's not that I'm chicken shit or anything, but I don't know. I'd feel really uneasy if, you know, with fucking Ian there talking about how, you know, he can't wait to, you know, hang out with the Dark Lord and, you know, and your and your whole thing's a fucking fantasy and fuck you. Man, I just don't want to be around for that. Where I will not say anything like that to whatever the fuck, Mr. Kicks. I'll just say, uh, yo, you suck. <laughs> my, my, my whole thing with Michael Sweet is like, hey, dude, uh... You know, you hit me in the face with a Bible in 1988. We can settle out of court. You know. Exactly. Thank you for proving. <laughs> thank you for expanding my point there, even. <laughs> but if he doesn't laugh at that, then you know he's gonna go to hell. I don't know uh, if he will or not, but I know it's not gonna stop there. I know you. I know you. Look to at hell with the striper. See. See. I know Ian was going to throw me the softball question. That's what, that compared to all the questions he had for Michael Sweet, that's a softball one to fool me. But I'm smart, not like everybody says. <laughs> Softballs is what I threw at his mother's chin. <laughs> See? What was that, question three? <laughs> How'd you know? What are you looking at my list? Yeah, I don't know. You left your cam on. <laughs> oh, fuck. But, see, this is exactly... Why you guys need to go the rock and metal? Uh, I mean, the, the rock and pod three. It's going to be insanity. It's going to be awesome. And another thing, you and me will be, and we haven't even discussed this yet. Yeah, right. I don't even know what you're about to say. We're going to be performing live. Oh yeah, yeah. You told me that. Yes. We're going to do Twisted Sister, my favorite Twisted Sister song. You can't stop rock and roll, and I'm going to sing it with Ian, bro. Hey, we got to yes. rehearse in the hotel. What? Well, yeah, you're going to fumble lyrics. I don't need lyrics for that one. Well, no, that, that's that's the thing, because I, I was wondering, like, are we going to do, uh, like, you take a verse, I take a verse, or you take a line, I take a line? That's something we got to figure oh, out. fuck, but man. I hope we get some lines while we're there. Yeah, fucking ain't right. No, fucking oh, right. oh. Uh, no, here's the thing, Ian, and I know, I, I know you don't experience this, because I know you are a veteran of the stage. Yes. Yes. With your yes. Beaver Brown cover band, right? Yes, that I am. But I know for a fact, because you know I'm an avid follower of yours. I yes. own every single video bootleg you guys have ever done. And right. not once have you ever invited anybody on stage except that guy that kept bringing you beer. That one show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I don't want anybody to make me look bad. <laughs> you know, if it's just me, then I look okay. If somebody else comes up and does good, then I look bad. But I'm willing to look bad, you know, you know, to to be on stage with you. I mean, from the yeah. mighty thrash or die. Yeah, but hey. that's that's the point I was gonna make. Uh, since you've never had anybody up on stage, I know you're very green when it comes to sharing a microphone with somebody. But you oh see, no, we're we're gonna have our own mics. 
No, you. <laughs> no, that's in my. That's in my. Writer. I know that. I know we're gonna have our own mic. I mean, I'm hoping we are. That's yeah. how it usually works, you know. But yeah. um, but my point is, is that since you don't know how it is to do a duet with someone on stage, and I am not only the thrash lord, I am the thrash whore, and I let a lot of people on stage sing with me. That it's never rehearsed. It's strangers. So we don't, you know, we can, look, let me put it this way. I can tell you exactly how we should do it in the hotel before it happens, but you're going to be so drunk, you're going to forget what I told you. So, yeah, but, but no, I mean, I, hey, I did a duet back in 1976 with Kiki D called Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Yeah, but weren't uh, you minus one at that time? What's that? Weren't you minus one? At no, I was, I, I was positive two, and by that I mean HIV positive. God, uh, you're still here. But uh, since the you know, 70s, that, it wasn't as big as a hit. She did it with Elton John, and uh, you know uh, that was a hit. The one with me, I kind of overshadowed her, you know. So it was more like a solo song. But uh, no, we're gonna do great, and you know this shit. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know, but this shit's gonna be on YouTube. You know this shit. You know somebody's gonna film this shit. It's gonna be yeah, all over the fucking internet. I and am gonna film it. I'll put it up. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking awesome, dude. And the funny thing is, so far they're still looking for a drummer who's willing to play on stage with us. <laughs> oh no! Are you kidding me? There's, they're still looking. Well, last I heard, because Lee, Lee, I thought McCur- we were playing with some band. Uh, well, no, this is like the band of, of, of podcasters and the great Lee McCormick uh, from the Tramps Are Us podcast. You know Lee McCormick. Yeah, we, of course I do, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and Lee is the guy who said, no, I got to have you and Ralph. And he's like, I got to have you guys. You know, and he gave us the list of songs and you never replied. So I made a judgment call because it was between that, like Motley Crue, Livewire and something else. I've done Livewire before, actually. But yeah, I, 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 like I know. I know. Fuck that. I'm more. Exactly, and I'm like, what sums us, you know, because, it, you know, in my mind, you know, it's like, you can't kill the rock and metal combat podcast. Yeah, that's what you we know? say at the end. Because <laughs> we are the podcast kings. It's going to be awesome, but it's going to be Leon Bass, I believe, um, on, gu- t- no, on guitar. No, I, I, I tried to get Jakey Lee. He didn't answer my calls. I tried to get CeCe DeVille. Um, he fell but, stare- down some stairs. Yeah. He but was recording up, a solo and got injured. Yeah, we ended up with BJ Cramp on guitar. And, oh, cool. Is and, that and, true? Yes. Awesome. And the, and, and the last I saw, like, nobody would sign up to be a drummer for us. So we Fuck might it, play. I'll do it, man. We we might play with uh, Rick Elm's Dead Arm. Oh. <laughs> you know, it was my pick. I mean, the Dead Arm <laughs> can't be any worse than the Live Arm is doing since, <laughs> exactly. since, it, since it's left. Exactly. Exactly. It only hits hard when you're a woman, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but no, that how awesome is that that we are going to be doing that? You know, just another reason to show up. And you know, by that point, we are going to be uh, just fucking schnockered. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be well, just, awesome. Just uh, in case, because uh, I hope we know uh, w- at least when we get there that. Um, that we don't have a drummer, so we can go to the Pod Expo and beat up every fucking person we see get on the drums all night. Yeah, like, oh, hey, good enough for us. Bam! Break yeah. your fucking arm, dude. You're fucking up there doing a goddamn kick song, but you can't do a Twist Sister song? Yeah, no. anti-hetero, you. And that's where TikTok man comes in. That fucking muscle-bound fuck, like, 
hey, he's a drummer. Like, like TikTok man, just go up and break his fucking arm. Just like snap that motherfucker, you know? I Until think TikTok sp- man did fucking nail that song. We get him behind the drums. Oh hell he'll yeah! Hit it. He'll hit that shit like AJ. <laughs> yeah, like AJ now. But, no, uh, come on. Oh, oh, too soon. Yeah, it is. It's always gonna be too soon with the great AJ Peril, the sound of thunder. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You think we don't know you're a new person just because you got an Iron Maiden t-shirt on? <laughs> hey, that reminds me. I saw Twist Sister open for Iron Maiden. It's so simple a trained dog can do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rocket Pod 3, it's going to be fucking amazing. I feel sorry for the motherfuckers not going because that's, that, that's your loss because this is going to be insane. This is going to be insane. Yeah, We're, you know who's sponsoring it? Crazy Charlie. <laughs> His expos are insane. <laughs> that and Chico's Bell Bonds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Buttermaker. Uh, Woodstock 50 is officially canceled. Good. Fuck that place, man. Fuck Woodstock. I mean, come on. Leave the thing alone. It was already ruined with the... You know, Fred Durst. Wasn't Fred Durst up there saying, hey, make fires and rape chicks? Yeah, I believe that's what he said. Yeah. I know he didn't say it, but fuck it, man. Let's just spark the rumor he did. Marcus Welby. Hey, did you find out who the fuck Marcus Welby is yet? Mr. Robert Young. Yeah, baby. Robert Young. Robert Robert Young. Young. I don't remember what the hell else he did. I saw James Brolin was also on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Marcus Welby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father of a famous white beater, Josh Brolin. I don't even know who that is. Josh Brolin? You don't know who his son is? Josh Brolin? No. He was in the Goonies, No Country for Old Men. He was married really? to Doc. Really? No Country for Old Men? Who'd he play? He was he was the main dude. He was the guy who took the money and everything. Oh, the, the cowboy that they found. Yeah, 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 yeah. He died in the movie, like, yeah. like way before oh, the so- ending. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. I'm doing yeah. this for spoilers. This ain't no goddamn movie memories. But, <laughs> this is uh, a goddamn movie spoiler. We should that, have that. That should be a next segment on all our shows. No, some some great Josh Brolin stories. Okay, so so he was married to Diane Lane. Remember Diane Lane? Yeah, she was hot. Oh yeah, well he used to beat her ass. Uh, and then That's they not got right because she was hot. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That ain't cool. But what yeah, ugly cool? chicks is okay. Okay, what is cool is remember remember the bar I took you to, uh, One Eyed Jacks. That yes. cool bar I took you to. Okay, so he was at One Eyed Jacks uh, when he was filming this horrible movie called Jonah Hex. And uh, what's that hot piece of ass uh, that was in the Transformer movies? And she was in uh, uh, she was in uh, Jonah Hex. Bobby Doll. Yeah, Bobby Doll. Uh, Marcus Welby. Uh, anyway, what the fuck? Super hot bitch, but she's a total fucking cunt. So anyway, Ooh. they're at One Eyed Jacks, and One Eyed Jacks, you know, you know, if if you remember the the horseshoe shaped bar, they have all the candles and shit. She's yeah. leaning over, and her her hair dipped in in the, one of the candles and started catching on fire. Whoa. And he didn't he didn't tell her. He just sat there and laughed because she was such a bitch. Wow, I thought uh, he was going to, like, beat the fuck out of her. Like, you know, no, she thought fire. No, so, no, no he, I was trying to put the fire out. No, he didn't beat the fire out of her. He, he just sat there and laughed because her hair was on fire and she's such a cunt. Uh, Why are you calling damn. Diane Lane a cunt, dude? No, not Diane Lane, the chick that was in the movie. Uh, oh, oh. 
the Transformers whore. She's married oh, to the Bobby Doll, yeah. Yeah, she's married to the cocksucker from 90210. I can't remember her name. She's a fucking hot. She's fucking hot as fuck. But she's Is that the cunt. one that died, uh, Luke Perry? Yeah, Luke Perry. Wow, he just died. What was the yeah. movie? I was seeing some... Oh, it was uh, that new Tarantino movie. Yeah, that was the last thing it. he did. He's in it. Yeah, I yeah. saw the preview. I want to see that movie. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to go this weekend. I don't think I've ever seen a Tarantino movie I didn't like. I mean, some are better than others. What would be yeah. your least favorite? I had that conversation today with somebody. Mm. Somebody said Jackie Brown. I go, are you insane? Oh, shit. Jackie Brown's my favorite. <laughs> I'm telling you, that one, it's not my favorite, but it's up there, man. Oh, ja- yeah. Jackie Brown's definitely my favorite. If I had to pick a least favorite. Yeah, I, that, have and, I have one. I have one. And that's hard because I love them all. Fuck. You know, I would have I, I, I I, I, said, while well, you ponder that thought, because think of what yeah. okay. I would have said a year ago, death proof. But because it's so dragged out with the conversations and shit. But yeah. I watched it since then and I was enthralled with the conversation. So oh, that's it. no longer at the bottom. And there, or I'll say it, I'll say it. The one I, I put at the bottom that I should watch again because I thought it was too dragged out in conversation was um, Django and Chain. Oh, I, I love Django. I love Django. I would say Hateful Eight would probably be my least oh, favorite. Oh, yeah. I, I never seen that one. But oh, I yeah, I did. Because they were all in the log cabin with Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I no, saw and, that and, and I love it. I love it. But, it, you know, if I if I had yeah. to pick a least, you know, it's like a least favorite blowjob that made you fucking shoot kid all in her mouth. You know, it's, it's like it's still fucking awesome. I'd rather get it on the face, though. Yeah. Nah, I'm all, about, like, I'm all like, about the it's, mouth. It's like uh, snowflakes, you know, it's never the same. Yeah, yeah, see, I, I, I don't care about shooting on the face. If I want to do degrading, I'm going to stick it in your fucking ass. That's not degrading. What the fuck's degrading about? It's fucking beautiful. Well, it's going to make their grandfather cry, you know? No, grandfather ain't there. Don't worry about it. And you of all people, you don't believe in the afterlife. Shut up. Yeah, no, I, 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 no I'm hoping he's still alive and sees me, you know, sodomizing his granddaughter. Oh, come on. You're really going to get up that upset in 18 years when I do that to your granddaughter? Oh, ouch. Oh. Comedy ouch. ain't pretty. Ooh. Oh, good thing you'll be dead by then. Oh. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, man. I'm going to live now just to fuck your granddaughter. <laughs> keep keep trying. <laughs> I, hey, I ain't going to try till 18 years, buddy. Oh, what? We're <laughs> down to 17. Time's a ticking. <laughs> I know what you do behind the scenes. You're going to be dead. <laughs> by who? You? No, no. Okay, good. good. As long as it ain't by you, because that hurt. Nah, nah, that'd, be, nah, that'd be disrespectful nah. to your buddy on the podcast yeah. that you would kill him just because he fucked your granddaughter and nah. like degraded her anal. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to ride your coattails till you die of natural causes. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's when she's 19. There's no more use for her. Ouch. <laughs> All right, well, here, here's... I love first. giving you that zinger, Ian, because you're no different with just about everybody else on the planet. Nobody ever does it to you but me. Schmack a gob, Ian. I have no idea what that means. I don't watch your videos. Smack Cause, em, exactly. Because <laughs> I hate Kiss. <laughs> no, it's not just there. It's every fucking video. The Black Sabbath video's up and running again. My Dr. Fuck channel. Fuck that Kiss channel. Yeah, but I figure it's all about Kiss. Although I am happy, did I did I just see you make a post the other day that you're doing a uh, Judas Priest channel now? No, no. I'm, oh. What I'm doing is uh, 
uh, Judas Priest top 10 of the 70s. This, for, well, the Friday just passed. And the best of the 80s in, uh, in uh, what do you call, um, uh, next week. Uh, at Breaking oh. Mountain, two parts. So, because oh, the well, problem with Judas Priest is uh, there's a lot of copyright bullshit with them. Yeah, so to and, make a that, channel, kids don't care. Yeah, and, and that that's a smart move because not as many people care about Judas Priest as Kiss. So if you want to go for ratings, if you want to be a ratings whore, you know the quickest way is is a Kiss channel. And Kiss don't give a fuck. You know if you use their yeah. music, can you believe it? Dem. Yeah. It makes yeah, no sense to me. Because they're like, if you want to embarrass yourself by playing this shit, go ahead. Yeah, that's true. All you know, right, the Van well, Halen's a bad one. ACDC's bad. Led Zeppelin's bad, and and that one you just uh, mentioned. I, I guess good bands give a shit. Yeah. Um, but speaking of disturbing shit, oh my god, did you see this latest picture of uh, George Lynch and Don Dockin? Oh my god, what the fuck, George? I mean, Don Dockin, Jesus Christ. What I I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of uh, what my mother calls husky. But what the fuck happened to Don Dockin? I, I, mean, I have a good friend of mine, beautiful girl from down here. Her main picture is, you know, Dockin was just down here. Took right. a picture with him. So I saw it like a week ago. I was like, holy moly. I didn't even know that was Don at first. So she captioned it. Yeah, like Don I, 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 like, I wonder if it's like a, he just don't care if it's a health thing. Because I remember thinking that this shit when I used to see pictures of, uh, what's the dude from fucking Fort Lou Graham? You know, I, I saw these pictures of Lou Graham, like, Jesus! Yeah. You know, but then I found out it's it's because of, you know, he had, like, some kind of cancer or sickness and shit, and the, and the medicine that he had to take made him blow the fuck up. It wasn't like he was just, like, a, a lazy, fat bastard, but the, the, the medicine he was on made him blow up. But then I'm reading this interview where uh, Don says he has some health problems, and he says he can't play guitar anymore and shit... Because arthritis and shit like that, so we, uh, we, you know, he had cancer a few years ago. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, well, that's what, you know when he was having all these problems with like you know people bitching about his voice. He didn't you know let it out that he was suffering, you know, or going through treatment. But that's what it was. And like I said, by the time I saw him with the, like this fake docking with the Levin guy playing, you know, who is awesome, like you said, uh, I thought he sounded good. But maybe it's because I was drunk as a motherfucker. You, you, yeah. Well, how long ago was that, Ian? Uh, this was about maybe five years ago or so. Okay. Yeah, I think it started a little after. I saw him like maybe you know four or five years ago. Yeah, probably. And it was already. I mean, it was bad. And somebody just posted a video from them playing. Man, it looks like uh, like some kind of you know food truck place. You know, there was not many people there. And you see food trucks, you know, all around the place. And it was, like, so bad. But, you know, and everybody's, you know, commenting how bad it is. And I'm thinking, dude, it's been like this for, like, four years now, you know. Now you're noticing? I mean, with that big docking reunion with George Lynch, he sounded terrible. Yeah. I thought he did sound bad on that that thing they did, the, uh, the reunion thing. And, you know, my theory is, he mailed that in on purpose. Because I, I really think, like, he's so, like, oh, he gets so mad that people only give a shit if he's playing with George Lynch. Well, Ian, I hate to break the news to you, man, but watch that recent footage. It's no different. He's lost no, it, man. Well, no, but w- what I'm saying, though, is I, you know, I, I think there's a certain amount of bitterness there that, you know, 
uh, people only give a shit if George is there. You know, where it's like, fuck this shit, you know, and it was all for the money, you know, and if you listen to any interview, even this latest interview, even George Lynch is, oh, it's all about the money, you know. All right, well, you know, I I agree with you. I'm sure he feels that way, but his vocals are no different now than they were during the documentary. He can't sing no more. I saw it before the reunion and it was just, it was like he wasn't even trying. It was like he was talking into the mic the whole night. Yeah, well, you know what? I, 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 I've i seen clips of the circle trying, and I'd still rather hear docking. Yeah, it sounded like it always has. It's terrible. <laughs> I, mean, right, well, I mean, that's one thing you got to give Sammy, man. He keeps up that suckitude. He doesn't lose <laughs> any of that suckitude. He's right there. He's the master of fucking consistent suck. What a cunt. Yeah, he uh, is, actually. You're right. Good point, Ian. Yes. When was it? Like a couple weeks ago. I don't think we talked about this news story. Where Sammy came out and said, David Lee Roth uh, will never accept uh, Van Halen's more successful with me. And I ended up, you know, I saw the post and I, and I said, more successful? I mean, the first Van Halen album in 1984 alone uh, sell, you know, double, more than double than what Van Hagar sold. And I ain't including... The other platinum albums, the other four platinum and double platinum and triple platinum albums. <clears throat> and and people argue going, bullshit. And I'm like, okay, god damn it. Let me go to Google, RIAA, and show them goddamn solid proof. There's solid proof out there that Van Halen, you know, of the numbers that Van Halen sold against Sammy. And when Sammy Hagar sold millions, it's because he walked into the most successful band at the time. Because exactly. What other album has he done without the Van Halen brothers that well, were it, that were over two million? Can exactly. Yeah. Why isn't he crying about re- reuniting the band that played on Three Lock Box? <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know exactly. why? Because it, it didn't sell that much. The fucking douchebag. Fucking cocksucker. Yeah, uh, and I think I think he just rewrote history. I I read this about Sammy the other day. He said, you know, there was a controversy with Sammy during the Dynasty tour. And this is a story I've heard all along. Sammy De- Hagar said some profanity on stage. So Kiss kicked him out of the t- off the tour. Well, now he's saying he whipped his dick off. He's whipped his dick out and smashed his guitar. And that's what got him fired from the Kiss tour. I swear, he just said this. It's like, you know right. what? Is that? But, you know, the fucked up part is, is like, if you ask Gene or Paul, they'll be like, yeah, um, he, he did do that. And then he'll look at Paul going, you did get the check like I did, right? Because yeah, Sammy but, Hagar will be sending him, you know, money to fucking confirm that bullshit. Well, here's the true story, because I was I was at that show on the Dynasty Tour when he you opened up. You never told me this, Ian. Why, yeah, do you, well, why do you fucking hold shit back from me? You know, I, I love I, Dynasty. I, I save shit for the episodes. I'm the one that likes those stupid-ass costumes. You don't. And no, you don't I, tell me these stories? I, yeah, well, here's the He was kicked off the tour. It it was offensive. It's because the music sucks so bad it was offensive. It wasn't what he said. Oh, he, he took his dick out and broke his guitar while he was playing that song Red. No, yeah, he, he took his dick out, and, and, and people were uh, horrified because at that time, like, you know... A lot of people were bringing kids to Kiss concerts during the Dynasty shit, you know, because it was the kitty era, you know. And, yeah, and, but, but, and, but, and then he whipped his dick out, and all these parents were like, how can you show a clit in front of my child? 
true story. Like, like, oh, he's playing with the man in the boat, you know? And the Clint is pink. He shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be the red rocker. He should be the pink rocker. The pink clit rocker, right, Ian? Yeah. yeah. I don't care what bathroom that cocksucker uses. It's wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah, It's exactly. just wrong. It should be uh. men, women, and the, the, the guy that ruined fucking Van Halen bathroom. Yeah, I, I mean, even even Bruce Jenner said it took him decades to come out as cross-gender after fucking Sammy Hagar. He's like, ah, this guy fucks everything up. I'm telling you, it's fucking amazing how, yeah. much, how much he affects the world in a very negative way. But, you know, going back to little kids you want to fuck. Yeah, uh, uh, by the way, Sammy Hagar does have sex with little kids. He is a pedophile. I don't know if you know that, Ian. Because he's never admitted being a pedophile. And you know him. He's full of shit. Whenever well, something's true, he doesn't mention it. Well, you know, this is 2019. Uh, the correct term is a tedophile. Ted- uh, oh, after, yeah. After Ted Nugent. <laughs> Wang dang, sweet poon tang that's under fucking 18. Jailbait. Uh, speaking of jailbait, here, here's one. I'm glad to throw this one out as a mercy fuck so you leave my, my granddaughter alone. No, no, it ain't uh, gonna happen, Ian. I'm getting you back for, for you know, those those Malcolm <laughs> Young, Malcolm Young shaking jokes, you know? You, you, you don't think I forgot? You thought I forgot that shit? You made fun of Malcolm Young, dude. Hey, hey, he forgot about it. Before and see? <laughs> see, they, that's why I'm not gonna stop with your goddamn fucking cum dumpster granddaughter you prick oh i'm offering you up a, a, an even newer baby that I is am, no that, that is nikki six uh daughter ruby no i'm gonna be dead by then dude she <laughs> i got one year my last year in life is gonna be for your granddaughter i ain't gonna be around for that girl nikki six who is 60 just had a baby girl called ruby and and nikki six is very excited because he doesn't have to stay alive to pay for college. Yeah. How, how, many, how many is that now? Like 10 kids? Oh, he's, he's got a bunch, man. He, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of kids. He's got more kids than Tommy Lee has hits. And by hits, I mean times he's gone to jail for hitting women. See, that's a lot of hits, Ian. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but but Brandon's going to break that record because I think he's yeah. going to hit his dad again soon. I think, yeah, I think he's almost at the halfway point just on his dad's face. But uh, holy shit, yeah, Nikki, Nikki Six just had a, And I met his wife. I actually have, uh, I have a picture with Nikki Six's wife from the farewell tour. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the, the new one? He's still with that one? Yeah, he's still. that's the one who just gave birth to the kid. How long has he been married to her? Oh, I, shit! When did I see? Was he married then? I uh, I think so. And did I he met just her... break his record of marriages? And as I, long as they lasted. Yeah, I uh, saw him when I, when I met Nikki Six's wife. It was the, the second show I saw that tour when Alice Cooper wiped the stage with Motley Crue. Um, God, and that's been a few years back now. Wow! But congratulations, fuck the kid. Congratulations, it lasted this long, Nikki. You fake motherfucker. There you go. Oh, here's something. Uh, oh, I, I found this very interesting. Did you hear all this shit with Metallica? And yeah. The, and the concert tickets. And now, and now, and, and no way I'm defending Metallica because this smells like bullshit too. The representative said that Metallica knew nothing about it. I don't know about that. 
because Metallica is pretty much hands-on on everything. Yeah. You, you know, so, yeah, that really, like, threw me for a loop. But also, Ian, if you don't know this, this has been going on for a long time with a lot of bands. Bruce Springsteen is one of them. Um, uh, I, I don't. I saw the list, but I can't remember, so I'm not going to say any other name. But they were big, like U2 and shit like that. But I don't, right, right. I don't know if I saw U2 on there, but a lot of people do that. But Metallica, look, and I hate to say this, Ian, but I saw this the other day, and I got to give props. And you probably hate him more than I do, not only musically, but as a person, because he's a fucking hardcore Republican. Dude, Kid Rock is charging 20 bucks. You can make fun of, oh, yeah, well, yeah, because the music sucks. I predict that one. But I'm just saying, 20 bucks, free parking, and $3 beers at all oh, shows. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, there's a lot of shit I disagree with Kid Rock about, but I saw Kid Rock live, and it was a fucking amazing show. I ain't even going to lie. And I like that he, that he did that in an era where a lot of bands... You know, there's a lot of bands like I'm like eh, that do shit that I respect. Like when Pearl Jam, I can give a fuck about Pearl Jam, but when they took on Ticketmaster and shit, yeah, that was awesome. I respected that. I res- and I respected when 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 Kid Rock did that. You know, there's he's, a lot of jokes. Well, he's actually doing it right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's done that for a while, and and uh, and I do respect. That. I don't have to agree with everything that somebody does, but when they do something that's you know like. Okay, I believe in that. I'll admit it. The same. Well, he he said he said in that interview that he is re- he's taking a huge pay cut because of this. He's losing a lot of money, like tens and thousands of dollars per show. Right, right. But 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 you know, let's let's get real here. You know, if he was charging hundred bucks a ticket, nobody would go either. You know, yeah, you you got a good point because it ain't so, as big as it used to be. And right. shirts shirts are twenty bucks. Right, right. But when he first started doing this, he was bigger than what he is now. So I'll give I'll give credit where credit's due. This isn't something new that Kid Rock did. He did this uh, years ago. I would say at least five five or six years ago he started doing this thing. Sorry. So. That's my co-worker, so something uh, bad I, must happen at work. I thought that was Nikki Six's daughter calling you. <laughs> Oh, the one that's eighteen. She turned eighteen yet? There must be one of them, right? Out of yeah, the yeah, yeah. Ten? She just, she just turned eighteen days. Oh, come on, I, I, I'm no sicko. Oh, uh, here, here's something. I even I wait. I even wait about two, three days after the eighteenth birthday, just so you know. Oh, oh. yeah. I let them enjoy their eighteenth for a little while before I fuck up their lives. What a gentleman. Thank you. Okay, well, here's another post that I was, I was happy to see you. Uh, be uh, truthful about and uh, you made a big post about fuck Joey DeMalo or whatever the fuck his name is the, the, the dude from Man of War yeah it's spoken word what the fuck <laughs> I uh, wanted to hear that bonehead talk oh my god yeah yeah here's a band that takes themselves way too fucking seriously I love me Man of War but I gotta tell you man they haven't released anything good in over 10 years but I love Man of War, man. I really do. And they fucked me over really good when I saw them live. They fucked the whole crowd over. They were terrible. And they treated us like shit. When you got to the show on the sign, it said no spikes allowed. There's a band that fucking wrote a song that says, we wear leather, we wear spikes. It's like, what the fuck? Your audience can't? And then they brought us in like cattle. And he said, we, not you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. I, I, I never thought of that. 
But um, yeah, and they, they held us in there like cattle. Like cultural room has a patio, then you walk into the where the stage is. But they wouldn't open the door where the stage is, so they 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 fucking crammed us all in, like fucking cattle, and we're like, what the fuck? Open the goddamn door, you know? And they finally did, and you know the first band was like called Holy Hell, nothing special. Then uh, Rhapsody was amazing, and then Manowar came out, and they were just like going through the motions, like you wouldn't believe. And then the one, and I, I can I can proudly say this because nobody listens to our show that I know. Um, he in the middle of the show, Joey DeMaio points at a girl in the audience and starts being extremely perverted to her, like you know, like really, you know, like he he does that shtick if you know the home videos. And out of the, for every girl in that fucking place to do it to, I know this girl. This girl is the most prudish bitch you'll ever meet in your life. And um, what do you call? Uh, I mean, I saw her like you know make fun of people on 70k. Oh, look how that girl's dressed. And I look, I'm like, wow, that shit's hot. You know, she's one of those type of, like, feminists, like, ultra-feminist. But Joey DeMaio's doing this, all this shit to her, and she's there laughing. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyway, keep going with that Joey DeMaio story. Yeah, yeah, no, no, anyway, uh, fuck him. And, and, and I feel bad for all the uh, hardcore Man of War fans, because really, you and Europe are the only people who give a shit about Man of War. And I, I really feel bad about all the fans who suffered from it, their temper tantrum. But they're awesome. Sorry, oh. but it was like what I was saying before about whoever the fuck we were talking about. Oh, Glenn Tipton. It doesn't matter, man. I, I, I love the music. But yeah, it's hard. You know, like, like what, you know, you heard my whole story with Zach Wilde. You know, I feel like I'm in the same boat as Manowar and Zach Wilde. I love them, but I'm not supporting either one of them anymore, you know? And if you want to know why I ain't going to support Zach Wilde, it's on the Vieira Vault, a whole episode dedicated to it. Hell yeah, great episode. I listened to that episode. Well, uh, thank you there, Ian, uh, listening to that Vieira Vault. I can tell that's the very last Vieira Vault you listened to. You know why? Why is that? Because after that Vieira Vault, I also brought Schmackamagab to the Vieira Vault as well. Okay, well, then that, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, enough of that Schmackamagab. Schmackamagab. Let's get into the awesome review we're doing this week. And, uh, oh, man. I hope some people check this out because we did a review not too long ago. An awesome review we did of Angel Dust. And, oh, man. Was I turned on by that album? Uh, You know, a band I probably wouldn't have given a chance to, and I really loved it. And by the numbers I see on that one, a lot of other people aren't giving it a chance I hope you don't make that mistake with this album. Because we're doing an all-time classic right now, thanks to the great Eric Cinnamon. They will. Oh. Well, I, I think this one will get a little bit more exposure because I, I, I think this band has, even if you don't know it or you don't listen to it, if you know your metal, they have some street cred. You know? Well, yeah, but, you know, that, uh, that you know, look. Um, what is it? 600, 700, something like that we got for Angel Dust? Whatever the number is. Uh-huh. It's in the hundreds, right? Yeah, it's like six something. Alright, so that just goes to show that our faithful that de- that donate and all that shit that are part of our Facebook page did watch it. We're right. talking to you people that aren't on the Facebook page because, you know, I think the age of which people that'll come in where the Angel Dust people didn't come in, um, they're not going to come in unless we find a stray 
new wave of British heavy metal fan that Googles, you know, Angel Dust, I mean, Angel Witch Review, you know? Right. And we gotta, we gotta bring those people in, man. Because those are my brothers of metal. And that is my favorite form of metal, traditional metal. And I'm a huge fan of British, uh, you know, new wave of British heavy metal. I mean, that shit is awesome. It fucking, like, you know, not only shits and pisses, but it wipes his ass on fucking glam metal. Thank you. Right. And, and, and for all these bitches who come here only because they know, uh, you, you know, we get a lot of people that, that, that just know you, Ralph, because, you know, you're definitely more more the, the, the famous of the two. You know, I'm going to have a shirt in. It's going to have a picture of me. And on top of the picture, it's going <laughs> to say, smack him a gob. <laughs> But there's a lot of people, you know, who say, you know, they've come here because of your, you know, your KISS channel and shit. Hey, you KISS fucking bitches. Hey, that's my, hey, yeah, that's my listeners you talking to. Yeah, try, try listening to some real fucking metal, because we're talking about some real fucking, but not some fucking, you know, poison shit here. This is some real fucking metal, and check it out, man. So, you know, you people who just come here because you know Ralph from KISS, Ralph knows a lot of other bands other than KISS. Yeah, so, that is true. And, and this is this is a problem, but there there is. I mean, I mean, there's no denying. There are so many people who you know say, "Hey, we came here." You know, I I came here because of Ralph's YouTube channel because I saw this channel or that channel, and a lot of them come here from the Kiss channel. Well, but, I gotta say, I gotta say this. You know, I mean, as much as you goof on the Kiss fans, you gotta remember the ones that listen to me are the cool ones, and I can prove it because. When I do the album versus album on the Dr. Fuck channel or the Eternal Idol, I see the same names in there, leaving comments and giving their opinion on those albums. So I'm telling you, the ones that stick with me are fucking, are, are the fucking, like, the real fans. Where yeah, but the, the, the ones those... that I block that, you know, like, dude, if you, if by the time you're done listening, reading my block list, it's the length of Schindler's list. You know, yeah, it's that but, long. But... I, I, I'm sending this out to uh, you, you know the co-hosts of uh, Three Sides of the Coin who listen because they're trying to figure out how to get numbers. Uh, we got we got to get that guy on the show. Check Coming. out some, check out some other bands other than fucking Kiss, you motherfuckers. Yeah, uh, that, that 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 goes for me too. Stop yeah. with your nonsense, Ralph. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Eric Cinnamon, longtime listener and awesome fucking listener. I got to hang out with. And he picked, I mean, his, his first, uh, last year he donated for Down, what a pick that was, and now he picked Angel Witch. That's How right, and thank God, hey, we only had to do Angel, Ditch, uh, Angel Witch once. Right. <laughs> Down we did twice. That's right, but at least we had to do a good album twice, you know? Yeah. It's not like we had to do fucking Monster twice. Hey, you know, I like that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, now I understand why I am such a nerd. I actually like Monster. <laughs> Holy shit, am I fucking... I need help, dude. That, that That's why I'm going to send Nikki Six's daughter to you. Oh, and by the way, this, this may be the last time you hear my voice, because who knows, maybe Vinny's got... Vinny Vincent, you know, you know I'm a big enemy of his, and he knows who I am. He said I'm balding, and I'm always drunk. He confused right. me with you, except for the I balding don't. part. That's You're awesome. But, um... Yeah, because he said know. He said he he said you were drunk and you were funny. I'm like, that's me. Yeah, asshole. exactly. The funny part, I was like, oh, nah, he's <laughs> listening to us. But you never know. You know, you maybe you know had time mobs and uh, I might I might get whacked in Nashville. You know, so uh, uh, just, so I hey, thanks everybody, thanks for everything. And by the way, have the FBI check this tape if I do get whacked. It was Vinnie <laughs> Vincent. 
All right. Well, thank you, Eric Cinnamon. Now we're going to talk about Angel Witch. You know what we're going to do, man? Now, Ian? What's that? Schmackamagob. What he said. Now it's time to review the 19... I'd say 1980. It has to be 1980. Yes, sir. Yeah, you are correct, sir. Part of the new wave of British heavy metal. But I didn't acquire this album till like 82, 83 when I found it at Open Book Records, the place where I discovered Merciful Fate, Venom, Raven, all the Kerrang! when Kerrang! was cool, all the bands they would talk about. And, you know, it's one of those albums that I don't remember reading much about, but uh, the album cover sold me. And even the back with the Baphomet and all that shit. And I'm like, man, this has got to be good. And But it wasn't what I expected, you know. Uh, but I, I absolutely love this album, though. It's historic. It uh, needs to be up there with the greatest of the new wave of British heavy metal albums. Uh, but it's different. It's not what you'd expect from a new wave of British heavy metal band, really. Uh, they kind of got lumped in, but it does have the elements. A lot of elements, you know, but there's a, I don't know, there's a, there, there's a different twist to them. And, you know, kind of like Def Leppard. Uh, they were a new wave of British heavy metal with that first album. The second album was more ACDC. And, um, and they had a twist to them too. You know, Iron Maiden, Saxon, you know, Sweet Savage, uh, which finally you can all like, you know, identify that more clearly as new wave of British heavy metal. But these guys, not so much. But I love it. I love this album. When did you first hear it? Uh, well, first of all, let the listeners know we're talking about Angel Witch, uh, and and I gotta tell, I gotta be straight up honest with you now. I heard a few songs here and there uh, that that I liked, but I was like, it's always one of those like you know I put on my bucket list like I I gotta listen to this shit. I gotta listen to this shit. But it wasn't until I had to listen to it, because we had to review it for the great Eric Cinnamon, uh, that I ever fully listened to the debut album from Angel Witch. And so over the past, I would say four days, I have played the shit out of this album. Uh, but I've known about it for a long time. I mean, because, uh, you know, Lars Ulrich has always been very vocal about how important this band was to him. And probably when I first... Uh, heard about him and knew about him was when he put out that compilation in the early 90s that was all you know the new wave of British heavy metal shit I forget the name of it uh, I know I have it but. yeah I think it's called new wave of British heavy metal I have it with Thundersticks on the cover yeah yeah Thundersticks on the cover the drummer from Samson I wish I would have uh, bought it on vinyl back then I got the double CD oh man they put that on vinyl <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, awesome. I remember a vinyl even back then of that and I didn't oh, buy it oh wow wow should have got uh, it but you know, you know, I heard I heard the song on that. I was like, ah, it's, it's cool, you know. But again, it's one of those things. There's always so much shit that I'm into and changing what I'm listening to. It always went to the back burner. But but now I was forced to listen to it. And holy shit, is this uh, this album? Spoiler alert: In my opinion, deserves the reputation that it has. Uh, you know, because some bands get that, you know, they were just in the right place at the right time. But this is the right album at the right time, in my opinion. And it just made that cut. This one uh, came out in December of 1980. So it just barely makes it into that awesome class of 1980 uh, heavy metal albums. 
Well, they but, were uh, they were around though. I mean, uh, I had yeah, the demos from I believe '79. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'd been around since '77. Uh, you know, and, and they they first had a track on the you know uh, metal for your metal for mothers yeah. compilation uh, that that got a lot of notoriety to it. Uh, you know, but this is a band. I mean, like a tragic history of bad uh, decision making and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, bad production, bad just all around bad business. But they put out an album that stands the test of time that always gets, you know, it's always on those lists of albums you have to hear or important metal albums, but unfortunately, like myself, a lot of people just never took the time. And I'm hoping that this uh, review turns some fucking heads and gets you guys, if you don't know it already, check it out. And that's a great thing about these fan-requested episodes, because a lot of them, you know, you know, some of you guys pick some obvious shit, a lot of you guys pick some really fringe shit, and sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not so great. Uh, you know, uh, Jody Grind, Lee Gertzman. Uh, oh, I like that <laughs> one. That was a good one. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, I said everybody's been so open-minded lately to these fan episodes, and we've been throwing them out like day after day. And I'm really excited, you know, that people are getting turned on to Angel Dust and shit like that. You know, and I hope you guys check out Angel Witch. Because uh, I really enjoyed digging deep into this album, but yeah, I'm very, very new to it. Knew about the band, knew about the album, uh, knew a song here or there, but I never sat down and fully listened to it. And uh, wow, what an experience! I fucking dig it. Great fucking album. All right, it starts with uh, Angel Witch, the song Angel Witch, Angel Witch. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is a bona fide new wave of British heavy metal classic, man. It's a fucking anthem. You know, right off the bat, I'll never forget putting the needle on the groove and getting back and laying down with the album and that fucking riff comes in. Holy shit, I'm like, whoa, what is this? You know, it's like I was like, oh this oh man, this is what I this is what I love, you know? And then, you know, it has this hooky verse and an even hookier chorus. You know, and I, my favorite part of the song is the breakdown, where it's just the gang vocals and the and the the, back, uh, the gang vocals and the drum beat is um, so British. Y'all an angel witch. Y'all an angel witch. It just sounds like a bunch of people like you know swirling a fucking pint of beer around singing. Uh, fucking love this fucking song. One of my favorites on here. What do you think? Well, uh, I. I, I... I like it. I don't agree with what you what you said though. I, I I don't think it's gay vocals. I think I think it's like gang vocals. No, no, I said gang vocals. It was probably my list, but threw you off. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, uh, no, I, I, I love this one. I love this one. Uh, and and to me, it kind of reminds me of when I first started listening to Thrash and. Uh, I had two problems with thrash me. I love the guitars, but the drumming was hard for me to get used to. But more than that was the vocals, you know, especially stuff like Slayer and shit like that. I was like, God, what if, what if there was heavy music like this, but with, you know, somebody that sang more melodic? And I think that's why I really gravitate towards Anthrax, because Anthrax was a prime example of like a traditional singer, you know, but with a thrash, you know, band behind him. Uh, 
and to me, this is very proto-thrash, but with a melodic guy singing. You know, this the vocals are very hard rock to me, but the music, I, I can definitely see why this was an inspiration to Lars Art. And the one thing I will say about this, uh, you know, and I know Ralph always says you know, he has no ear for production. He doesn't know what good production or bad production is. I could I, tell you right now, yeah, the drums on here sound a little not produced well. I, I, that I only noticed about this. Well, the one thing I will say is the guitars should be much heavier in the mix. Because, it, I mean, if you really, if you listen to this with some headphones and, and you pay close attention... There is some amazing guitar work on this shit that, that, that you can see where thrash bands were inspired by, but it is low in the mix. I mean, you really have to go out of your way and, and, and give your attention to hear the awesome guitar work that's going on. But I do like the production on it because it is kind of garage band, kind of, you know, Stooges, Hotter Than Hell, kind of like just everyday man kind of production. But... I, I think it really it really fucks the guitar playing on this album because it's so like I, I don't want to hear it re-recorded by the current lineup you know because I hate those fucking albums but man if somebody could just isolate those guitar tracks but beef them up and bring them up harder in the mix I would love to hear that but this one uh, I gotta say it reminds me of early Death Leopard of like On Through the Night but mixed with Iron Maiden I mean but it's even heavier than that. But it, it does have, you know, a melodic element that, that, that you know, early Death Leopard had. Uh, you know, and it's got a good, you know, just groove to it like early Maiden had. Uh, man, yeah, I dig this one. I mean, I mean what, what a great, you know, you know, if you got a song that's named after your band, named after your album. Yeah, Angel Witch. It's, it's a fucking classic. I fucking love it. I'll take the next song, Atlantis. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, this song kicks ass. I, you know, as the day we're recording this, I posted on the, in case you didn't know, on, on our Facebook page, and I was glad so many people liked it. But I hope, like, you didn't just like it because it's trendy to say you like Angel Witch, you know, like I probably would have done. You know, I hope they took the time, either they knew it or they took the time to listen to it. Because this song fucking kicks ass. The guitar work is amazing. Again, proto-thrash, you know, with the riffage on here, and it's just traditional heavy metal, but it's got, it's like traditionally heavy metal on fucking speed. You know, it's really good. It, it does not speed in the same way as like Motorhead. It's got a little bit different vein to it, a little bit more melodic than Motorhead, but it's definitely like heavier than your average fucking uh you know, new wave of British heavy metal. I really fucking dig Atlantis. What do you think? Fuck yeah, man. It's one of my favorite tracks on here. It's a killer track. And uh, it captures the album co cover perfectly lyrically. If you look at the album cover and read those lyrics, you know. Alice to rise. Da -da 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 fucking love this track, man. It's that fucking... And you know, to tell the truth, man, I, I think it might be because I was so much into this type of music at the time the underground and shit you couldn't buy at, at peaches you know all that open books um 
the guitar doesn't bother me. I mean, I mean, because you know, I, I was buying Venom and Merciful Fate and even you know, Show No Mercy and stuff like that. That uh, it, I didn't, I didn't really realize uh, that the guitars. I mean, I, yeah, of course the guitars shred and they're killer, but uh, the sound of the guitars never ever dawned on me that they were weak. I think well, fine as they are. Well, I, I, just, I, I think they should be brought up more to the forefront because. I, I just think there's some amazing uh, shredding on this that that I think is kind of buried in the mix. Uh, That's probably why I don't have a problem. Uh, don't. It's not that I don't have a problem. I don't really notice shit like that because there was a. You know, I'm saying at the time I, I bought this album was when I was buying a lot of those underground albums. Right. And they all right. didn't have that great production. You know, so kind of used to it. You know. But it, it was one of those things where, like, where I'm listening to it on, on multiple listens, you know, it, you know, like on initial listens, like, yeah, I like this song, it's got a good groove, but then when I just, like, kind of really zoned in, I was like, oh, God, is that a lick or is that a nice run? But it's like, you really have to pay attention to it because it's buried. Uh, but, man, uh, uh, Kevin Hayburn, man, holy shit, you know, who wrote all the songs on this album. He is, you know, uh, the, the voice of the band, the guitar player of the band, the songwriter of the band, uh, the only guy that's been in every lineup. Uh, I, I mean, this guy deserves some major credit, but I, I, I really think that it takes multiple listens to fully appreciate everything he did on this album. Just, just my opinion. Maybe you got it right away, but it took me a little bit. No maybe about it, pal. All right, next track, White Witch. Burn the White Witch. Ah, goddamn, this one. This one is so amazing. And it's the whole, you know, the, the, the Black Witch, you know, the lyrics is all fucking, you know, King Diamond ended up doing with D.I. and Melissa. And, you know, those, you know, those dark times when they used to burn witches and shit. And it's heavy. I love that guitar sound, that effect. In the beginning, that ging, 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 ging. I just love the fuck out of White Witch. It's another standout track to me, man. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I fucking love this one. And if you like the first two songs, you're going to love it. And if by this song you don't already love this album, then maybe Ario Speedwagon is more your band. No, no. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> well, 80s uh, Ario. I, I'm just saying, this is like really good, really good fucking traditional early 80s metal. Uh, this song just fucking rips, and I, I love the little breakdown in it, and uh, God, just, you know, like on repeat listens, it, it's one of those albums where I really kicked myself in the ass, like, why did I take so long uh, to give this a day in court? Because you're not, is, you're not like REO Speedwagon fans that went and got this before you. Uh, Poser. Oh yeah, whatever, whatever. I, you know, I, I support your rights, um, but uh, oh no, White Witch is fucking killer, and uh, and definitely I love that little melodic breakdown, uh, very Maiden esque. But I even I hate to say it because it's not like they're ripping off Maiden; they're just doing their own thing. But it's similar bands from a similar time. Uh, you know, this came out the same year as fucking like you know Wheels of Steel and fucking you know the first Iron Maiden. You know, all these other great metal albums. Doing their own. Uh, and it just sounds killer. I mean, seriously, if you love 
hard rock and heavy metal. How could you not like this album? How could you not like this song? This is just, you know, this is like finding a great lost secret to me. Like, oh my god, you know, fucking love it. I'll take the next song, Confused. Uh, no confusion about this. I love this fucking song. It's it's a short song. It's under three minutes, uh, and it's punchy, but it's also very catchy. Uh, maybe the chorus isn't like single-esque but the verses are very very catchy and with a different chorus I could see this being uh, you know a a single a a definite single more so than the single that was released from this album Uh, and I I don't hate the chorus but I'm saying the chorus is just a little bit more you know like heavier and not radio friendly but the verses are, are radio friendly without being pussy it's just fucking catchy. I love Confused. The short, to the point rocker kicks ass. What do you think? Oh, hell yeah. This is a standout track. Uh, <clears throat> um, these guys just don't fuck around, man. You know, I didn't take notes for this song. Just going on I feel about the song. But, you know, all these songs, is, even when I was, I, I listened to it today on my walk. And thinking of, what am I going to say about this? You know, because all of it is like, Fuse is pretty much the same. And what I'm going to say about each song is going to be like, you know, me repeating myself. Uh, but I love, um, I, I just love, you know, there's a lot of um, Swede influence. And I love the Swede. There's like, you know, new wave of British heavy metal meets the Swede. You can hear it in this song a lot. And, and, and a lot of the other songs, you know, that's the reason why I love this band so much. And Confuse is great. You know, it's a fucking great tune. Uh, I'll go to the next one. It's a Sorceress. Uh, man, I love this track as well. It's a slow ballad track. With, you know, and then that, that, that riff that comes in is kind of doomy. You know, and then when Kevin screams its ass off, it goes into that traditional metal attack. Sorceress is a fucking epic track. That's what I think, Ian. Uh, well, yeah, you got it right with the uh, epic track. I put that a- atmospheric. Uh, you know, again, I hate to, to lump them in with Maiden, but this would be like their you know, Remember Tomorrow, you know, or, or Strange World kind of track. And, you know, it's funny how the first Maiden had those two kind of melodic, you know, quasi-ballad songs, and this album does as well. This is the first one, and a great way to end side one. Uh, really shows a branch now. You know, you know, this definitely stands out from the first four that you heard and shows that they can do different shit. And, uh, love it man it's you can see you know to me a little bit of, of a sabbath in this not in sound so much but his song structure is as in changing you know what they're doing and uh kicks ass man i love it well i'll flip this motherfucker over and go to this opener the second side i was i keep laughing but i just love it gorgon yeah <laughs> gorgon I mean, does it get more metal? Like, you could you could literally just, like, have a song that's two seconds long and goes, Gorgon, and it's fucking metal, <laughs> you yeah. know? Just the name, and I love that, you know, they're not letting up, you know? It, you know, it ended with more of a melodic song, but here you're right back into the metal, a great way to open up side two. You know, I can only imagine, you know, as being somebody that listens to the first time on vinyl, you know, side one ends with Sorcerers, and then... Fucking, you flip it over and you get Gorgon. <laughs> you know, 
it's just blistering British heavy metal. And and just shows, you know, these guys really took the forefront in the early 80s and, you know, set the pace uh, for, for this brand of metal. You know, in, in the States, Van Halen was carrying the torch. They were doing their own thing, and that was fucking great and just as amazing and trailblazing. But this is the British, you know, side of it. And fuck, you know, the Brits invented fucking heavy metal. So, uh, you, you know, who better than them to take it into the next fucking decade? You know, love Gorgon. <laughs> and it's fucking metal. What do you think? Yeah, wow. Another standout track, man. You know, and I guess Gorgon is Medusa because, you know, the lyrics, you know, are all about, you know, you look at her, you'll turn to stone and, you know, decapitate the bitch, you know. It's like, <clears throat> uh, like, like Sinbad. Sinbad the Sailor. Remember that movie? Oh, I thought you were talking about Sinbad the Comic. No. I saw Sinbad the Comic with Victor Wooten, believe it or not. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was like a comedy jam thing. It was so awesome. But anyway, um... I, 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 I saw Medusa one time, but, it, you know, it was like a, a naked picture of Andrew Jacobs' wife on the internet. Wow. Wow, that's going back. Yeah, blast from the past. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I saw Andrew Jacobs the other day on a milk carton. <laughs> and it said, who cares? Yeah. I, um, I did, like I said earlier, I bought this vinyl. I, I could be wrong, but I think it was on a nice label. And I uh, fucked... Bronze. Bronze, that's right. Bronze, like Mortarhead. And um, I gave it away when I got it on CD like an idiot. But I ended up getting again on... Uh, 180 gram white vinyl limited edition to only 500 made. I saw that. I saw that post. That's awesome. Yeah, only, only it's white vinyl. It sounds fucking. It sounds better than that last one. I'm sure. I, I can't have them to compare like I like I can now. But Gorgon rules. I love those changes in this song. It's got these really infectious changes that blend well. It's just fucking great, bro. All right, go to the next one. Sweet danger. You know. <laughs> Uh, I haven't listened to this. I know I haven't listened to this in over a year because when I put this out, when, when I was listening to it, I'm walking around and when Sweet Danger started, I was like, holy shit. I ripped off this fucking riff for the Vieira Vault podcast. And I thought I came up with a cool riff. I can't believe I did not make the connection. That da na 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 I took that, I, I did that riff. I went to Josh's house. I just said, Play this, dude. Paolo sing on it. But uh, again, this song is total sweet worship, you know. You know, but with that metallic bite, it's just another kick-ass track off a kick-ass album, dude. What do you think of Sweet Danger? Well, I gotta say, this is my least favorite on the album, uh, and it was the first single. Uh, they released this before the album came out. And it got him into the Guinness Book of World Records. Fuck. How? But for all the wrong reasons. Uh, this debuted on the British charts at number 75, which is the lowest you could you could get on the British charts. Really? It's not it's yeah. not a hundred? No, it starts with seventy-five. And it was on there for one week. And then it was gone, and they never had another uh, uh, song on the British charts. And they had the distinction of being the only band that ever did that. Wow, so, that's wild. So, so they're the Guinness Book of World for the, the least successful uh, band on the charts. Uh, 
And this also led to them being dropped because they are they were originally signed by EMI Records, uh, which was much bigger in Europe than the bronze label was. Uh, but right off the bat, this band kind of did some self-sabotage, and EMI said, okay, we want to give you proper management, we want to do this, uh, you know, to help promote you, help do this, and uh, Kevin Haver, the leader of this band, said, no, I'm going to do everything myself and refused uh, any outside management. And the combination of that and then how the song was on the charts one week at the lowest position, then off the next week, EMI dropped them before the album was even released. And then wow. they, they were they were picked up by Bronze. And I mean, if you want to know how Bronze deals with shit, you know, uh, well, I would say ask any of the members of Motorhead, but they're all dead. <laughs> at least all the ones that were, you know, around during the Bronze years. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate because uh, much like we talked about in a past episode in the news about, you know, Saxon talking about, you know, shit with management, record labels, and not getting the proper push. You know, maybe if this band had a little bit more push and the record company behind them, you know, this wouldn't be a lost classic. It would be a known classic. Like Diamond Head. Diamond Head's another band that yeah. had, had a lot of potential. The press in Europe were calling them the next Led Zeppelin, but their right. management sucked. Right, right. Yeah. And, and Lightning right to the, the Nations is fucking amazing. Yeah, and hopefully somebody picks that one to do, too. <laughs> right on. But, uh, but I, I don't hate Sweet Danger, but I will say it is my least favorite song on the album. But uh, I'll take the next one, Free Man. Oh, man. I love this one. This is the other, you know, melodic quasi-ballad, if you will. Uh, but it's a prime example of late 70s, early 80s hard rock ballad before they got all pussy. You know, you know when it was like, they had a slower song, but it wasn't record label pressure. It was just a band doing something they felt, you know. It's like, you know... So like Croak is screaming in the night versus, you know, White Snake is this love. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know, Screaming in the Night is just like a cool ass melodic metal song. And then that's how I feel about Free Man. Uh, same way, man. It, just like I, I mentioned earlier with Strange World or Remember Tomorrow from Maiden. You know, it's just a really cool them spreading their wings, doing something fucking different. Uh, it's the longest track on this short album. And it's a kick-ass fucking metal fucking jam, even though it's at a slower pace. Definitely love Free Man. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, yeah. Um, even when these guys slow it down, they beef it up a little bit. It's a little beefy. And, and you know, <clears throat> this is a, one of those songs that, you know, I'm not going to go into the long diatribe, but I've said it in the Triumph and the Twist Sister episode. You know, this is one of those songs that, uh, you know was like fight the good fight or I am on me you know songs I would listen to in my room when I was under that strict household of my parents you know yearning to be a free man and that's you know, that's what this song's about it starts with uh, you know I'm talking about all the rules and restrictions and people running his life and then the last verse is uh, I'm a free man and that's every time I'd hear that that verse I'm like man can't wait to like actually bring a girl in my in my room which I wasn't allowed to do back then. But a very special song, too, like those songs. It's one of those songs. It's, it's you know, teenage angst, but, uh, but you know, it's 
cool teenage angst. It's not about busting a cap on somebody, yo. You know, uh, I got my gas pack. <laughs> that that that's an inside that's an inside story. That's an inside joke. Maybe I'll tell you that in private. The gas pack thing. Ooh, okay. Holy fuck! Remind me, I'll tell you later. What am I talking about? You're drunk. You're gonna need to remember. Uh, I'll take the next one. You know, Angel of Death, Death, Death. I I love this song. But, you know, it's not the strongest track on here for me. Uh, but I can hang. I think it's a badass tune. But is it as badass as Slayer's or Thin Lizzy's Angel of Death? No. But I still think it's a ripping tune. But, you know, if I was to pick a least favorite to be Angel of Death. Oh, interesting. Well, we differ there because I love Angel of Death. I that said I loved it. I just said it's my least favorite. Right, right. Well, I'm the same way with Sweet Danger. But, uh... But I think it's a great way to come out of free man, you know, to kick it back in the ass again. And I would put this uh, up in, you know, my favorites of this album, along with Atlantis and Confused and the title track and White Witch. I really love Angel of Death. Uh, I think it's a killer track and, and, again, a great way to, you know, come out of a ballad. You know, don't, don't give me like two ballads in a row. Don't give me that, that Angel does shit much as I love that Angel Dust album, you know, don't, don't give them back to back, give me a little bit of metal coming back, and that's exactly what they did with Angel Dust, uh, yeah, I, I fucking love it, oh, I have to retract what I said, Angel, uh, I mean, Angel of Death is the longest track on this album, uh, but I digs it, but then it goes into the last track, Devil's Tower, which is an instrumental that I fucking love. And I, but I can't decide on a certain way how I feel about it. Like one part of me is like, is like this the greatest song that they didn't finish? Or is it like, I don't know. I could almost see it because it builds up to something and then it's gone, but it doesn't feel done to me, but not like it shouldn't be on the album. Like it was undercooked, but it's like almost like I would have loved this to be the beginning of where the next album starts. You know what I mean? Because it does what I've talked about so many times. It leaves me wanting more. You know, by the end of Devil's Tower, like, no, 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 no. Don't stop. Don't stop. Kick, kick into the rest of the song or kick into the next song. But I, I think it's a perfect one to end it and, and, and a ballsy choice to end it. And again, I would have to put this... Even though it's probably the... Yeah, it is the shortest song on the album. Uh, man, what a way to take it out and it just make me want to either hear more or to flip this album over, man. I really love Devil's Tower. What do you think? Fuck yeah, this song fucking rules. It's an amazing instrumental. But, like you were saying, but I feel it's just... I wish it went longer, man. That's my only gripe, really. It, it, it rips, but it's... It's not done to me, you know, and when it fades out, it's like, man, I wonder how long they went, you know, because uh, this could have been much better. Uh, but I, what it is for the for the sections they left in there, it's fucking amazing. I love Devil's Tower. It's fucking awesome. Uh, when I sold, not sold, but when I gave away my bronze version of Angel, which I bought it on CD and... I grabbed it for this and uh, because it has a bunch of bonus tracks. I don't know if you know them. I can go buy them quick. 
Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I have the uh, the 30th anniversary. It's a double disc. Okay, this one it has like five or six uh, bonus tracks, and uh, the first one is "Loser," which I, I think is a badass tune. Um, "Suffer" is kind of like Saxon Light. Uh, "Doctor Phil's," uh, I, I think that, that that's the best track on here, and it, it it's an instrumental, and I even like it more than "Devil's Tower." You know, it's I think it's a better instrumental. They probably should attack Doctor Phil's to, or fi, Fibs. Whatever the Dr. fuck. Dr. Fives. Fives. They should have tacked that onto fucking uh, Devil's Tower. Um, and uh, Flight 19, it's a smoking tune. Uh, and Baphomet. Baphomet's going to break your soul. Uh, that's one of the uh, best bonus tracks. That, that and uh, the Dr. Fives. And Hades Paradise is not bad. It's okay, you know. And these are all like B-sides and... Well, you know, I don't know what else, you know, I, I know it says it in the booklet inside, but, uh, but I will say, uh, I would have preferred it, you know, somewhere else. I mean, cause I'm so used to the album. I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Bonus tracks piss me off, man. I like, uh, unless you put it on a separate disc, you know? So, uh, to me, this album ends with devil's tower, but all these bonus tracks are, are not bad at all. Really? You know, we just took a break and Ian went to the bathroom. So when he came, while he was in the bathroom, I, I just punched up Angel Dust on uh, Wikipedia just to make sure, uh, you know, uh, there was no bonus. For, uh, like, uh, you know, just to see if my CD was on there. And uh, I can't find it. I found one with three tracks. I got some rare shit here. Well, man. Well, well, no, if you open it up, uh, because you have to open up the different... Uh, tracks, you, I think yours was the 2000. Because no, that, man, I got that shit in the 90s. Okay, well, it says the, the 90s one had three bonus tracks, which well, was maybe, Loser. Maybe, well, fuck, man. I mean, I could have sw- Yeah, okay. yeah, but this has five tracks. Okay, uh, it says the 90 reissue had Loser, Suffer, and Dr. Fives. Uh, the 2000 reissue had those three in addition to Flight 19, Baphomet and Hades Paradise. Yeah, that's the one I got here. I don't know, dude. I'm burnt. Did I give away that CD and kept this one? I don't may, remember. May, maybe. And then the 2005 reissue had all the ones that I mentioned, plus Sweet Danger Live, Angel of Death Live, Extermination Day Live, and Angel Witch Live. And then you've got the 30th anniversary edition that has all of those, plus uh, others. Plus others, because... Uh, uh, the 30th anniversary, which I have, is like 14 tracks on the first disc and 16 tracks on the fucking, on the second. Well, here here's the mind-blowing thing I just saw, <laughs> which goes to show, man, don't trust Wikipedia. Okay. I've never owned Metal from Others. I've never owned that classic album. Right. Uh, and there's two parts. I just clicked on the Metal from Others Wikipedia page, you know, because I said, oh, let's see which track is uh, from Angel Witch on and it's Baphomet. Baphomet's the one that appears. But as I look at the track listing here, Band 4 is called, get ready for this, <laughs> Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, There's no way. <laughs> There's no I mean, we all know Toad the Wet Sprocket was some band from the 90s, right? Right. What are the odds a band from the fucking New Wave of British Heavy Metal came up with that, that same exact... Obscure ass name. That has to be a mistake. 
Yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing that on mine. And then there's another band here, track six, Ethel the Frog. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. But when I when I put my uh, all right, let me when I go on Toad to What Sprocket, it says Toad to What Sprocket, British band. Blues and A. Uh, yeah, I think that's the name of the song. But when you click on the Toad to What Sprocket, it doesn't have any information. It just says British band. Right. Uh, that, that's somebody fucking around. Cause you know people can just write whatever on Wikipedia. Uh, well, uh, do, do you have your CD in front of you? Yeah. Okay, what record label is on? Is it on Roadrunner or Castle? Castle. Okay, so Castle put out the 1990 reissue. Well, it has five songs on there. And uh, and they also put out the 2000 reissue. Actually, uh-huh. and, and they put out the 2005 reissue. And Sanctuary put out the 30th anniversary edition. All right. All right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, as we, as we spoke about, this was released in December of 1980. Uh, originally rele- released on the Bronze label, produced by Martin Smith, who I've never heard of. It wasn't Martin Birch, or you would hear uh, a lot better production. But, man, what a fucking classic album. Uh, this band, unfortunately... Not too long after it came out, uh, depending on what you read, uh, lead, lead man Kevin Haber sacked the bass and, and drummer, and there's also reports that they left to form another band, and he tried reforming it, then he joined another band, and then he made another version of Angel Witch, who, you know, Angel Witch wouldn't release another album until 1985. Yeah, but then, uh, uh, then another one after that, like 10 years later. Well, well, no, they, they did uh, Screaming and Bleeding in 85, and then in 86 they did Frontal Assault, and then they broke up again, and, you know, I mean, sporadically, uh, you know, it's, it's never been the original lineup again, but, no, it, it, it's just a shame, and and really need to check out, because it got really good reviews, was their 2012 album on Metal Blade called As Above, So Below. Yeah, yeah. I've heard uh, What'd you think? I, didn't, I, I, I don't know. i got to hear it again. I don't own it, but I did hear it. I remember hearing it. it was, okay. uh, I, I wasn't really blown away by it. It wasn't bad as far as I remember, but I, it didn't make me go out and buy it. Let me put it that way. Okay, well, that seems to be the consensus for all the other albums. Like, nothing lived, lived up to the potential of, of, you know, the debut album. But, uh, I mean... It's one of those albums that doesn't matter. It will stay in infamy, you know, in metal circles as being a legendary album. And getting used to it now, I totally see why. Uh, I love it. And this one will definitely stay on my playlist. And uh, I will check out the other albums and then see what I think. And, you know, hopefully I find something else I like. But if not, uh, this one will never leave my rotation. That's for damn sure. You do that, okay? Okie dokie. Good. All right. Well, now it's time to go into the pick of the week. And, Ralph, do you have a pick of the week? Uh, I just finished picking my ass. Well, now you think of something, I'll think of music. All something. right. All right. I, I got one. I got one. It's, ooh, man. Uh, this is another album that I just picked out of my ass uh, the other day. I love Saxon. Love Saxon. Love those early Saxon albums. 
and I love the ones they've been putting out recently. But I was like, you know what? I, I need to listen to something from the middle years. And I just picked one at random because I love the album cover. You know, I was like, ah, this looks fucking metal. Let me check this out. And holy shit, was I pleasantly surprised. And I think I could be wrong. I don't know if I saw this on your picture disc wall or, you know, maybe I was in a drug-induced haze. But do you have Saxon's 1997 album, Unleash the Beast? Yes, I do, but not on picture disc. That album okay. is fucking awesome. Holy shit, yes it is. Oh my god. Bloodletter is my favorite track. Oh, the title track, Terminal Velocity, The Preacher. Oh my god, did this really... Uh, oh man. You know, I was going back and I was listening to a few songs here and there because I know Saxon lost their way in the mid to late 80s. Uh but I read somewhere that they really found their way back with, I believe it's 1991 or 92's Solid Ball of Rock. Yeah. And I and I, I listened to that one, and I loved it, you know, yeah. but I, I didn't go out and check out the others, and I was like, let me check out this album. It's got a fucking awesome, you know, it's got the great Saxon logo. It's got a gargoyle on the front. I was like, let me check this shit out. And holy shit, was I blown away on how solid it was. And, uh glad to see a lot more Saxon love on the Facebook page. People giving them a chance. People just discovering them. Go back and check out 1997's Unleash the Beast. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad you agree with me on this one. Oh, I love this fucking album. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, Solid Ball Wax was all, That was a return. But this one was even better. You know, it's a fucking smile. And Blood Letter is one of my favorite fucking Saxon songs of all time. You know? And, uh, yeah, dude, good pick, man. Thank uh, you. And the next album they did, that Metalhead album, is something I highly suggest you should check out. Right on. I will check that out next. All right. So uh, my pick of the week, I'm going to go with something British heavy metal. And uh, it's my favorite live Iron Maiden album. No, it's not that one, guys. Oh, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Made in Japan. Uh, yeah, there's many full versions and this and that, but you know, man, I was raised with that EP and that's the way I love hearing it. Just the way it starts with, I want you to sing for me. And they go into that fucking running free Trump thing. Amazing. I think like the best versions of those songs on, on here, like uh, Remember Tomorrow, um, Innocent Exile. I forget what else is on there other than running free. I know there's another track, uh, maybe Sanctuary. I can't remember, but either. Anyway, that's my pick of the week. I absolutely love Made in Japan. It's such a smoking, scorching fucking album when Iron Maiden was hungry and when fucking Steve Harris was all over the fretboard. Uh, for me, that's when Steve Harris uh, played uh, the most technical bass playing was during the Deano years. Thank you, Made in Japan, released in 1981, I believe. Get yes. it. And I, I agree with you there. I love the original EP. That's what I grew up with. Uh, but I will say, if you can find the full concert, search it out because... Well, I have it. It's confusing because the full concert, or at least the one I have, it's different versions of the songs that are on this. They're not the same. That I, I'll, I'll have to double check on mine because I know there is multiple versions. Yeah, I have an uh, actual CD version of it. I think it may be a bootleg, but it's the full says that made in japan the full show but uh yeah i mean either way check out anything you could find with fucking paul diano for christ's sake 
you know that 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 is classic fucking mating you know and and this is a guy that grew up on you know the bruce dickinson era and all that shit i love it and now my favorite maiden album of all time is killers you you know so you know when you dig deeper and you live with someone and initially that was the one that took me the longest to get into was killers i was like "Ah, i just can't get it and now it's my fucking favorite man and 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 i highly recommend the the 180 gram uh vinyl remaster on that i think sounds amazing sounds really really fucking good so check i don't that out. have it i don't have it well i, 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 I recommend you get it i recommend you get it and i believe i got it at a really good price off of amazon so so check that out and definitely worth it I but i uh, get that and the first one in 180 gram yeah made in japan great fucking pick all, all the made in 180 grams that i've got so far have been fucking amazing have sounded really really good Really? You even like the Final Frontier on 180 gram? I, I, I said the ones I have. <laughs> oh. I, I, I bet you when you put that one on 180 gram, it, it's not going to be good. I, I think I've got Killers, uh, Somewhere in Time, uh, and uh, Peace of Mind. And then they, they all sound amazing. Really good. I have Peace of Mind on 180 gram. I do yeah. have that one. Yeah. Really good. Awesome. All right. Well, great pick of the week. Uh, well, now we go into fan of the week. And, oh, man, do I love this guy. Eric Cinnamon. Uh, man, you want to talk about a cool motherfucker. And it, it's so funny because he's from my hometown. Uh, you know, I talked about this before. I had a huge crush on his sister. But I never knew Eric growing up because he was older than me. He was already out of high school when I went into high school. And you know, his sister was a year older than me. Uh, but he discovered this show from a younger friend of mine that he worked with. And, uh, and, and my friend Mark Crane uh, just knew that Eric loved metal. You know, he's like, okay, you got to check this out. This is my buddy's fucking show. And Eric's been a diehard fan ever since. You know, and, and Eric is that guy that never lost his love for fucking metal. He still goes to metal shows to this day and just what a great guy and when i went back home uh last year uh, i i told mark i was like man he's like eric would love to meet you i was like well fuck let's go over it man we went over there had the best time man this guy like gave me fucking gifts took me out to fucking lunch it was just the coolest guy i even got him to destroy a sammy hagar's uh cassette on video <laughs> you can find that if you go back to the page i'm looking through all his old cassettes and man he had some awesome fucking metal but i did find i forget what sammy hagar it was it was like something like stand in hampton or three like box i was like what the fuck is this he goes get your phone out and i was like okay he goes record and he just demolished it in his garage it was so fucking awesome we had the best time and uh uh you know eric donated last year for uh you know we did down nola for him and, and that was one of the episodes we lost in the great computer crash that we had to re-record. And he was so patient, like, hey, whenever you guys get to it, don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, he donated this year. That We're doing it for this year's expo. And that's something I, wa- I want to throw out there to the people who are, you know, who still haven't got their second year donation. We will get to them. But sometimes it's just a matter of, like, when we have time to record. Do we have time to study an album real quick? Or is this one we know... Uh, you know, and this one just worked out. 
you know, and that's why we did it. Everybody's shit's going to be honored. But, you know, Eric, you know, this is this is a big thank you for, uh, you know, being so patient for last year's. And, and, and you're, you're a great listener, a great uh, fan, a great friend of the show. You were so nice to me when we got to hang out. But I also want to dedicate this uh, show to his father. He just lost his father in April. Oh, man. Yes. Oliver, or better known to his friends, Ollie Cinnamon. Uh, man, I never got to meet his father. But by all accounts, I, I, a lot of my friends had met him said what a great guy he was he was a he was a veteran of korea you know we're talking about you know a, a true patriot here a great guy nobody had anything bad to say about this guy and, and brother i'm sorry you lost your father i know how important he was to you and so i also i want to dedicate this not only to you but to the to uh you know to honor your father and the great memory of ali cinnamon so Thank you, brothers, so much, man. We appreciate you here at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. My deepest condolences, man. Sorry awesome. to hear that. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed this one, brother. Uh, what are we doing next week? Fuck if I know. Uh, like how I say next week. Like, what are we going to do tomorrow? <laughs> you know, because that's basically how we are here. We are knocking these episodes out left and right. Uh, we've got a couple in the can and uh, fuck we're just gonna keep fucking recording it will be a fan episode and man thank you guys so much for donating and I hope all of you can make it to the well I know not all of you can but I hope a lot of you can make it to Rock and Pod 3 and to hang out with us man you know Eric Davis is now coming Brian Davis Brian why, Davis. why did I say Eric because Eric Cinnamon <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Davis just said, told me he was coming. Yeah, and it's going to be awesome. You know, and we love meeting all you guys and hanging out with you. And we will give you guys all of our attention. We will hang out with you. We will do your drugs. We will look at the naked pictures of your mother. Hopefully, you bring your mother. Yeah, you fuck know? that picture shit. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll take a picture in the bathroom. You know, it's a long day. But, uh,. But, man, we, we think all of you have donated. It means so much. Uh, we have raised so much money every year. Nobody even comes close to touching what the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast listeners do. And and this year's a prime example. You know, uh, you know, initially out of all these donations, yeah, we did cover our cost to get there. But even if you subtract that, We've still raised three times as many as all the other podcasts. You know, it's like <laughs> this shit would not happen without you guys. I mean, seriously, it would not happen. It would not happen at this level without the Rock and Metal Combat podcast listeners. So for, for that, I thank you. The great Chris Senzak and Eric Kamara, thank you. And, uh, and, and a lot of these freeloading fucking podcasts who didn't show up this year because we're not paying for their ass. They should thank you, but they don't because they're bitches like Joey Heine from fucking Rock Sucks 10. That fucking piece of shit. Guy sucks 10 cocks. Yeah, yeah. And he still lost to his mother. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she did 11. (laughs) (laughs) But that last guy was so black and so long it should have been 12. Wow. You heard it here first, kids. (laughs) I don't think she's sitting right now. (laughs) Not on a race. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. 
but she's usually face down, ass up anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, no, she's usually sitting on her knees. <laughs> it is, I was about ready to fuck Joey Haney's uh, uh, mom, so I went and bought some rubbers, you know, because she's a dirty whore. And, and, and the cashier's like, you want a bag? I was like, well, she's not that ugly. <laughs> True story. But I'm being... <laughs> See, that was better than that Jewish joke you told me before. <laughs> All right, well, come back next week. Uh, it's going to be another one you picked, and it's going to kick ass right here at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. <laughs>